the Bible Study Podcast, episode 703. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Corinthians with 1 Corinthians 5. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Remember that this book is a letter, as I said a couple different times, and so it's written to specific people to address specific problems. We're looking at it trying to figure out how that relates to us today. The specific issue they're dealing with today is a case of incest. It says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and a kind that even the pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. So when you are assembled, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast, so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. But now I'm writing to you, that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. Now, this is a more controversial chapter, not specifically because of the particular sin involved, in this case incest, sleeping somebody sleeping with their father's wife. That's gross. And that's something that would surprise us today. And even at that time, it was something that people were normally a little outraged about. And so it was, he's saying, how is it that you're allowing this where even outside they wouldn't? But the issue isn't so much over that. It's how do we deal with sin? And particularly what Paul is concerned about in this particular chapter is how do we deal with sin in the church? Now, do you kick out everybody who's a sinner in the church? Well, then the church is empty because we are all sinners. So that's not what he's asking. So why is he upset about this particular man who is sleeping with his father's wife? What is it about this particular sin that he's saying you should expel this person? When do you do that and when do you not do that? And what's the problem with this? Is the problem that this person is imperfect and a sinner? Well, no, we all are. But the problem is that as people look at the church, the way they see it is through the lens of the people who are in the church, right? Their association with Jesus is really only through those people who know him. 
And I know that I have come across people, and I suspect you have as well, whose whole association with the church is those people are hypocrites. Those people tell me to act a certain way, but they don't do that themselves. And so Paul is drawing a line here and saying that there are some things that are important enough that we should confront someone with it and potentially expel them. And I don't know about you, but I am not comfortable with that at all. I don't mean I'm uncomfortable because it's wrong. I mean I'm uncomfortable because it's hard. It's hard because, for one thing, it feels like I'm being judgmental. We already read a couple chapters ago that we're not supposed to be judging. So how are we not judging but judging, right? It's literally what we're being asked for within a couple chapters of each other. And yet what he's saying is that something is going on that apparently is going on in public, or at least that people know about it. When he says that they're proud, I don't think they're necessarily proud of this person's actions. I I think they're not quite sure how to deal with this. At least let me give them the benefit of the doubt that it's probably as tough for them as it is for us. And so he's saying, let me give you some directions. This is not a way that we should be behaving. What he's saying is his goal here is that that person who is doing that act this particular act, is in this case, incest, but he named some other ones further on, that he, the act, it sounds like Paul is talking about, he believes is putting his soul at risk. And I say that because he says, we should hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. So what he's saying is, you're not doing him any favors by tolerating that action, by tolerating his behavior. He's looking for them to have some tough love, not to kick this person out because they are better than he is, but because that's not behavior that is appropriate in the church. And with the particular sin that he's talking about there, I think that is something that sounds pretty inappropriate to me. I think you may agree with that as well. But it gets harder, I think this chapter does, because of where he goes to in a couple paragraphs. So first he says, don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? He's saying that we are affected by the people that we hang out with. That a little yeast, if you put in a little yeast in bread dough, I don't know how many of you have been making bread. My local grocery store even ran out of yeast at one point during this pandemic that we're going through because so many people took up baking bread at home. But if you try and bake bread without yeast, unless you're using a sourdough starter, but if you're you're trying to bake without a leavening, you end up with flatbread, right? But you put in just a little yeast. It's not that much, but it affects the whole character of what you get, right? If you no yeast, flatbread, put in yeast, it turns into bread. It turns into the kind of bread that we're recognizing, a leavened bread. And he's saying, don't you know that a little bit of something can affect the rest of you? It's like the people in the self-help space who say that you are the sum of the seven people you're closest to. And there's some truth to that, that we are affected by the people we hang out with. The way the psalmist said that is, don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Don't be hanging out with those people who are the scoffers, those people who are always criticizing things. That we're affected by the people that we are in contact with. 
for good or bad, right? And that if we want to be better people, we should hang out with better people than ourselves. And then what he's putting in this context of here is that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So he's now drawing a picture here, and I want to make sure that we get it because it's not obvious, I think. But when he starts talking about unleavened bread, he's now talking about the feast of Passover. And if you go back to Exodus, remember Passover is when the people of Israel are waiting for that plague to pass over their houses. They're taking the blood of the lambs and they're putting it on their doorposts and the lintel of their house so that when the angel of the Lord comes over the city, it will pass over their houses and not affect their firstborn, but it's then going to kill the firstborn of the Egyptians, the last of those terrible plagues that God uses to set his people free. Okay, so he's now drawing this picture of Passover and saying, remember that for the feast of Passover, when we remember it, we get rid of leaven from all over the house, right? So in a reminder of we don't want to get rid of all that was Egypt, all of that that affected us because we're getting ready for a journey. That was the way that Passover was, is you eat it with your staff in your hand and your cloak on your heads and your sandal on your feet and you're ready to go. You're ready to move on to something new. And then he's tying in Jesus saying that Jesus is that Passover lamb that has been sacrificed. Jesus is the one whose sacrifice enables us to go to a new place. To go to a city not made with hands is the way we would describe it in Abraham's life, that he's searching for a city whose architect and builder was God. That he's enabling us, as Colossians says, to be rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the son he loves. So he's saying, you've moved on to something new, Don't bring those old things behind with you. Just like when you left Egypt, those people who brought their little idols along and things like that, that caused trouble in the wilderness because it was relatively easy for God to get his people out of Egypt. It took 10 plagues, amazing works of God, but 10 plagues. But it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. That was the harder task because they didn't leave behind what was supposed to be left behind in Egypt. They didn't believe behind their doubts. They didn't leave behind their idols and they brought them with them on the trip. He's saying, don't bring along all those things you were before. And so he talks about sexual immorality and swindlers and idolaters, immoral and greedy. Now he's talking about people who sound more similar to me right? He's not talking about people who are sleeping with their father's wife. He's talking about people who are greedy. Well, that's me sometimes, right? Idolaters, people who put something else more important than God. doesn't have to be a little statue to be an idolater. It's anything that comes in your life that becomes more important than God. Swindlers. Well, swindlers includes those who, you know, cheat just a little on their taxes, right? Or who, you know, bend the rules a little bit when somebody's not watching, which is which is us sometimes, right? Sexual immorality that, you know, includes sleeping with your father's wife, but it also includes your browser history. It also includes how do you look at people of the opposite sex or the same sex? You know, how what is going on in your head? What is going on in your eyes? You know, idolaters, slanderers, drunkards, or swindlers. Well, swindler doesn't seem like something that I'm likely to be. Drunkards, you know, that includes some of us. Slanderers, 
those of us who say something bad about someone else when it's either not true or we really don't know that it's true. How many of us do that on Twitter every day? So now it starts to get a little more personal, but he's saying we're moving on. We're moving on just like those people of Israel were moving out of Egypt. Don't bring that stuff with you. And if there's someone who is so tied to that stuff they can't leave it behind, it is better to leave them behind. Don't even eat with such people. He said, I wrote to you and told you not to associate with sexually immoral people, not to associate with people who are immoral. He said, I wasn't talking about the people outside. I was talking about the people inside. It's more important to Paul those who are inside the church than it is outside the church because everyone is watching and everyone will look at those people and say, that's the way Christians are. And we don't want that to be us that is getting in the way of someone else because now we're putting someone else's life at risk. And so Paul says these hard words, expel the wicked person, but what he's really saying is leave behind the things that encumber, the people that encumber. We've got someplace to go, and we've got different people to be. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.